Dingoes are native Australian dogs, although how and when they got to Australia isn't known. They were certainly there already by the time that the first Western explorers visited the continent in the late 1700s. But fossil dingo remains go back only a few thousand years, arguing that they didn't arrive with the first humans who settled Australia as far back as 40,000 years ago. So what is the relationship between dogs and dingoes and the wolves that both are related to? If we can answer this question, it can help us to understand a lot more about climate change and human history and migration too, because broadly, where people went and when, dogs went too. La Trobe University's Bill Ballard got into this debate under slightly unusual circumstances. We attack the problem in a fairly novel way, we believe, in 2017, when we entered a competition that was run by Pacific Biosciences. And that competition was called the world's most interesting genome competition. And people around the globe voted for whatever genome that they thought was most interesting to sequence. And we were fortunate enough to win. And so started our adventure with dingo genomics. Are dingoes one population in Australia or are there different subsets? Because obviously it's a huge country and very geographically different. There are different dingoes in different parts of the country. We don't know how many different ecotypes there are. We have been involved mostly with the desert type, which is in Western Australia um, and Northern Territory in South Australia. There's also the alpine ecotype, which is east of the Great Dividing Range. There's thoughts that there could be a third called the Fraser Island ecotype. We have to look at that. Next. So which did you sequence? We sequenced the desert type because we ran into a very unusual circumstance. So there was a chap that was working on the gas pipes uh, and he was driving along the road and saw three fur balls in front of him. He got out of the car and looked at these fur balls and saw that they were very young dingoes, two to three weeks of age. He took them to the side of the road and gave them some water, could not find their parents, and so drove back to the nearest town, Cooper Pedy, flew back to Sydney, and then picked up his wife and drove two and a half thousand kilometres to pick up these dingoes in the middle of the desert, and they hadn't moved. He took them back to his home north of Sydney and started looking after them that day forth. And those are your study subjects? They're the study subjects. He sent us the the DNA about a year later, and I used some technology to identify them as pure dingoes. And he, Barry and Lynn, Lynn Eggleston, have essentially devoted their lives to those three dingoes. So you get a DNA sample from them, and what, have you read through that letter by letter to do for the dingo what the Human Genome Project has done for us humans? That's what we've done now, letter by letter. We've gone through and we've looked at what is interesting and unique about the dingo and what gives us a reflection of their genetic history. Now, when you say what's interesting and unique, is that in relation to their close relative, the the domestic dog? Absolutely, but and 
their relationship to the wolf. What you do that by comparing the genetic codes, all of you just line them all up side by side, and you can say, well, where where is it the same? Where is it different? Yes, but it takes a very large computer screen to do it. We compared the genome of the dingo with a Greenland wolf, and then we compared the dingo to each of the previously published domestic dogs. You can then determine how many similarities and how many differences there are, and you can use some mathematical formula to infer the genetic relationships between all of the animals. What about things like the domestication process with dogs? Because dogs, when they end up living side by side with us, um, one person (laughs) described their Labrador as the local food reprocessing unit. They basically eat everything, don't they? Whereas dingoes will have a very different diet, as will wolves, probably. Is that reflected in the DNA? It is. So one of the most interesting results that we found is that dingoes and wolves have one particular copy of a gene called amylase, and that digests starch. All domestic dogs have multiple copies of this starch digesting gene. What we believe is that humans fed dogs rice during the domestication of rice in the Neolithic. Those dogs that did better were more likely to be associated with humans than those dogs that were not able to feed on that rice. And is this a reflection on the fact that dingoes would have been dining on marsupials, whereas dogs would have got scraps? Exactly. And that is very important because that actually helps us start to think about what is the role of a dingo in conservation as distinct from the role of a wild dog which feeds on scraps in the Australian outback. I love the story about the man and his wife who drove 5,000 kilometres to save three dingoes. And thank goodness they did. Bill Ballard there. And that work has just been published in Science Advances. Wenn dir dieser Podcast gefallen hat, dann gib ihm jetzt deine Stimme für den Deutschen Podcastpreis. Und noch einem. Und noch einem. Und dann noch einem. Denn dieses Jahr kannst du zum ersten Mal in vier verschiedenen Kategorien für deine Lieblingsshows voten und ihnen zum Preis verhelfen. Wir bei Acast freuen uns als Partner vom Deutschen Podcastpreis, dass ihr diesmal ganz unterschiedlichen Stimmen eine Chance geben könnt. Also, worauf wartest du? Verleih deiner Stimme Gehör beim Publikumsvoting noch bis zum 8. Mai unter www.deutscher-podcastpreis.de.